Hey everyone, welcome to Science Buffs, the ultimate podcast for STEM enthusiasts. I'm Sam. And I'm Abby. And we have a good topic for you guys today. I'm presenting to Abby or more like maybe informing Abby on a topic she's not super well into yet. I'm excited. (laughs) Um, But first, what's new with you? Let's think. What's new? Oh, we'll show the people your sweatshirt. If you're yes. an audio only listener, I'm very sorry because you cannot see the glorious hoodie. Chilly it's a season. chilly season. <laughs> I gave it to her just about an hour ago. This <laughs> <laughs> yes, is my Christmas present. <laughs> and it's after We've both been a little distracted. After football season. So sorry about that, but you're prepped for next year. <laughs> prepped for chili. Honestly, chili season is every season for me because I do love to make chili so right and people just think you're a huge football fan so it's kind of a win-win either way perfect (laughs) you can wear it in or out of season it's fine (laughs) that's Um, true that's true other updates I don't think I don't think there has been anything new oh there's been nothing new for me except for Valentine's Day went well Oh, there's nothing. <laughs> well, I was gonna say. Oh, I was gonna say. Oh, remind us, like about Valentine's Day. We want want a Valentine's Day update for you know your surprise date. Yes, I had a fantastic Valentine's Day. So yes, cat is out of the bag. I have a boyfriend. He's very <laughs> sweet. <laughs> um, we went to. He surprised me with a dinner called Ocean Prime. Have you been there? Uh, yes so good yes it was so good um and they had these tater tots which you would think that a fancy restaurant having tater tots would be maybe not as classy (laughs) but they are the best damn tater tots I've ever had all these fancy restaurants have just the best potatoes yes and it so they were tater tots filled with gouda cheese (gasps) and you dip it in like a mayonnaise sauce oh my god it's so good (laughs) it's too good so good. Yes. And then um, he surprised me and we went to this experience called The Infinite, which okay. is a virtual reality experience where you walk through the International Space Station. Dang. That is and cool. I could not believe that. I, it was a surprise. He kept it a surprise for like a month and I had no idea that this was even a thing. Have you heard of it? No. And I was even Googling when you gave us the clues last week and I was editing. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a few minutes out here and figure (laughs) out what this date is. Nowhere did I find that. Yeah. Is he taking her to like some obscure ice icicle like festival up in some crazy town? (laughs) So this is better. (laughs) Yeah. It was pretty funny because I felt like I had really good guesses or was asking really good questions to try to figure it out, but none of the answers made sense. So (laughs) I was like, is it an activity? You know, like I'm thinking bowling, I'm thinking, you know, very generic. Right. And then I said, is it like, like something like a puzzle we have to solve, like an escape room situation? He's like, no. I said, are we making something that we have to take? Those are good questions. And he was like, no. And I was like, so, but it's an activity that you and I do together. And he said, yes. And I literally could not think of anything. I couldn't think of. That's a good, that's a good one. I was stumped. He did a good job and it was so cool. And I kind of wanted to like talk about the experience because if you haven't yeah, you done should. virtual reality, it was really cool. So 
Um, you get there. I guess this is the biggest public virtual reality experience in the nation. It's wow. really cool. Um, but you you go through like a compare belt of these goggles or VR goggles that you put on. And one thing, the only downside is they're very heavy to sit on your face. Oh yeah. Um, so when we oh, left, I, I had this huge line on oh. my forehead like this. Um, <laughs> but it's cr- like, it's crazy. You get a little bit of um, like nausea, what do they call it? Oh, like yeah. spatial distortion at first. And it takes a minute to figure out, but it's kind of cool because everyone that you came with in your party so everyone has an avatar and you can see other people sorry ranger is shaking (laughs) his ears and it's really loud um everyone in has an avatar that's in the experience and there's probably like 30 people which we did say was kind of a lot to walking around the iss at the same time and um all the people in your group like did you know yeah there was like no no but but you could say no oh my god no no but they have like 30 people at an okay, iss at the same time i gotcha um but it's cool because if you come with someone they make that avatar a specific color so if we oh. were to separate you could walk around and find, and find your, person. your person that you came with okay. um so and it's kind of cool so you walk around the iss and it's not as filled out as i thought it would be like i thought it would be the iss but it's really kind of like a geometric rendering of the iss okay but you walk over to these orbs and you touch the orb and the orb like becomes your whole field of vision and you're watching a vr video that an astronaut recorded and you can like they're talking or doing something and you can like look up look down it's like you're standing right next they're floating right next to them oh my gosh that is cool it was really cool um and this trippy thing that i struggled with is you can step through walls and outside of the iss so you can like step out into space and like see the iss from afar that's crazy that reminds me at work there was a similar thing where we went through like a vr thing and there was one area of it where it was like a very tall narrow kind of pathway and they told people to just because you know you're so immersed in it that you think you're pretty much there and they they told people to like turn and try to walk off the edge and their avatar you know would just fall yeah. And they would like fall to the ground and be like shaking. You would have to, like, I, I mean, I held his arm the whole time. I think if I had been walking and trying to be upright by myself that whole time, I would have struggled because. Yeah. It seems very trippy with, especially the walking yeah. through walls thing. It's just yes. not natural to see that and then just be able to walk through it. It's not natural. But yeah. I think the best part at the very end was they tell you, okay, your experience, they're like, your experience is ending. And you, they're like, follow this path. So you follow the path through this glowing door and you have to take a seat and everyone has an assigned seat. And you watch this VR video from sitting and it's kind of like you're floating in space, like outside the ISS. And they have this beautiful footage of um, two astronauts doing a spacewalk EVA. Okay. Um, And it's just, so cool and I was joking because I started crying at the end because they play this really (laughs) epic music and then you can see the earth and one of the astronauts is talking about like how delicate we are as a human race and just like how how thin the atmosphere is between like the earth and like nothing it's just really cool so yeah that was my valentine's (laughs) so beautiful well that's cool 
that seems what did like you do? really fun. Yeah, we, what did you we do for literally just watched, Well, we we I made you know our dinner that we talked about like bruschetta and noodles, but I made it all from scratch. I made French bread from scratch, made spaghetti noodles from scratch, meat sauce, everything. So that it is was a good. lot of work. How long did that take you? All day <laughs> because <laughs> it was like in between the baby's naps, like while he was napping, I was like making bread, and then I was like letting it rise, and then. I would sit him in his chair so I could roll it out. <laughs> so it was quite the process, but I'm trying to make like pretty much everything from scratch. Also, because I now have started reading like ingredients on everything and it's just crazy. It is crazy. Like when I make my own bread, I kind of want to do an, maybe an episode on this, but like the stuff that's allowed in our food is pretty, pretty wild. There's yeah. like a hundred ingredients in white bread. And then when I make my own in a bread machine, there's six. That's wild. All right, yeah. Is it because of like preservatives? preservatives? Yeah, part of it's like preservatives. Part of it's like, you know, for the softness or, you know, different things. I think there's only a couple things in there that are technically supposed to like slow down the spoiling of it or something. But yeah, there's a bunch of stuff in there. So I'm like, this can't be good. So I'm trying to make all my own, but it is quite the time consuming endeavor. But it turned out well. Yeah. Everything was was good. Other than my recipe, it called for three pounds of meat sauce, like a ground beef. So I cut everything in thirds, except for all the spices. <laughs> so I tasted it. And I was like, oh, this is like pretty spicy. I wonder why it's like way more spicy than normal. And then we were eating it and I was like, it's pretty salty too. And I realized I had tripled like every <laughs> spice. <laughs> that sounds like something. Did you still eat it? Yeah, it still actually tasted okay. Like it was, we got through it. It was fine. <laughs> we got through it. It wasn't not my best. And the worst <laughs> part is like, I do this. I tend to do this on special occasions. It's really bad. On my husband's birthday, I made him his favorite stew. And again, I tried to cut the recipe. Didn't have the salt. And like, I made like the saltiest stew of all time. That one was pretty much not edible. So oh, my goodness. So that was a bummer, but it was, it was still pretty good. Like there's enough tomato sauce and stuff that it made it okay, but it wasn't my best. <laughs> well, I want some next time. Yes. Uh, I'll make it like less salty. And then the other thing, the last thing, I guess, update, I finally watched Oppenheimer this week. Oh, I haven't seen it. Is it worth it? Yeah, it's good. Okay. I'll watch it. It's really good. It went into so much more detail about the kind of politics surrounding it than I thought. Like, I thought the explosion would be pretty much the last thing. It went on for, like, 40 more minutes talking about, like, the fallout and, like, why he didn't want to use a bomb or, like, his deliberation with using it versus not. It was, like, a lot of detail, but it was good. Wow. Interesting. Okay. So I need to watch that. Movie. I just watched all six original episodes of Star Wars. <laughs> that's good i understand the references now yeah now you gotta watch all the rest of them like seven and rogue one (laughs) yeah i guess i do (laughs) maybe you should take like a little cleanse for a while and then and then start the other ones i think that is needed the other ones aren't as good i don't think so i'm glad that i did one through six like in that order because then i because i feel like everyone's like oh you should watch the older ones and then the newer ones but no i understand no i like the storyline yeah in order it's nice i do too okay sorry ranger is growling at 
probably his reflection. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so should we get into it? Yes, I'm ready. Um, which you should probably get. Okay, we already oh talked gosh. about it in this episode. Ugh, okay. Whenever you say this, I like feel like I blank and get it wrong and it's really bad. But okay. I'm ready. Wait, did I wait, I gave the clue. Oh. I said we've already talked about it in That's this it? episode. <laughs> That's, That's the, the first clue. clue. Oh, okay. The ISS. But you already did that, so no. VR. Yeah, I already did the ISS. Yes, virtual reality. Wow. <laughs> Woo! I thought that was going to be my only clue. <laughs> I was like, oh my no, gosh, I'm panicking. Um, but you got it. <laughs> Yay. Okay. No, great. I would have added more, but I figured you'd get it. Um, okay. Yes. Yeah, so, what do you know about virtual reality? What is your experience with virtual reality? Well, I've only done the one the one thing at work where they showed us virtual reality, okay. and it was very cool but like it was kind of a lot because like you said the headset was like very heavy I didn't love doing it and it was like kind of freaky how yeah like it doesn't line up like augmented reality does where you can't see any of your surroundings so it feels like I'm gonna fall at any moment or like run into something like I can't trust anything it feels like yeah um and it's kind of just disorienting but it's cool like there's um there's something at work where you like can virtually test out if your parts are going to fit. Like you can, you can put the specs of a new part you might design into like, you know, your final product and see if it fits and you can like virtually go and put it in. And it helps because the techs, like you need to see if it's feasible for a tech to like get into that space or if it's like too tight or if you need to rework something. And so it helps to render it first and then put it in virtual reality and then go put that in so really just work stuff has been my experience with him no that's great and um that was kind of what I knew as other than it being for fun um something that a lot of people associate with like gaming or kind of like what I just talked about um I think you and I kind of knew a little bit about some of the um engineering and like practical applications that they're trying to use it for to save money and um help train engineers and like you said techs and stuff like that so we'll talk about that but so we'll start with what is the formal definition of um vr so vr stands for virtual reality and it's a technology that simulates computer generated environment and makes it possible to interact with it in a realistic way Um, It's become increasingly popular in the last few years um, because it's obviously technology is kind of catching up to the idea of VR. Mm -hmm. My first kind of experience with VR or understanding with VR is you're going to laugh at me, but because I grew up with Star Trek (laughs) um, in the series Next Generation, they have this room on the ship called the holodeck 
which is okay. essentially a VR experience where you can like walk in one of their hangout spots that they walk into um, that they have on the holodeck is like um, a bar on planet earth and like the uh, 90s <laughs> okay so it's kind of cool um but Question. I think yeah go ahead do you think like the Star Trek ride at Disneyland is considered Star a VR Star Star Wars or Star Tours I mean yeah like the the one in the main park like the where you go into a room and sit down and there's like a screen and you're like moving yes. with the screen is that considered VR I think that would be considered augmented reality AR Okay. So we'll go into the different definitions, which I wasn't really familiar with the different definitions. Um, but yeah, so AR, augmented reality, adds digital elements to the real world where, while virtual reality creates completely immersive digital environment. So I think it's AR because you're watching a screen and you kind of like feel the motion, but I feel like you're not completely immersed in that world, but maybe mm. you are. I don't know. That could be, that could be a great. I always thought augmented reality was like, things are overlaid. Like, you know, the Google glass, like, do you remember the Google glass? That was like, yeah, like label something and it, it would say like, oh, this is a computer or something. And it would like you know overlay something onto what you can see maybe that is a gray area because no you're right because it says so um mr which is mixed reality ah. combines elements of both ar and vr overlaying digital objects oh. onto the real world while also allowing for interaction with virtual elements so that's probably mixed reality oh interesting i have not even heard of mixed so i think you're right i think star tours would be considered virtual reality Okay. Because you are like feeling the motion of the Because you're ship. supposed to be like in the ship. Yeah. So okay. I think you're right. Interesting. Then I'm thinking, what would a what's an example of AR? Augmented reality. Adds a digital element to the real world. I have to think about that. Um, one of the examples that I thought, and now I'm getting, I don't know if it's mixed <laughs> reality or augmented, but like on um airplanes like when it shows you the maps like there was a discussion of having like an overlay or something of or maybe just like the maps that tells you basically the mountain ranges and things like that you're seeing as you're flying oh over. yeah or like the um the star the what's star it tracker yes that might be augmented reality because you can like point to like where Mars is and it'll tell you where Mars is. Yeah. So if that might be it could be. It says specifically in terms of applications, AR, so augmented reality, is often used in fields such as advertising, retail, and gaming, while VR is more commonly used in industries such as healthcare, architecture, and education. Interesting. MR, on the other hand, has applications in both entertainment and professional settings, such as virtual product demonstrations or training simulations. Interesting. So I feel like a lot of things that we do are probably closer to MR. Like in this yeah. Game. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So the functioning of VR technology um, is that VR technology is an end-to-end -end mechanism that replaces the natural environment with a deceptively real-looking simulation. This simulation is strongly oriented to the real world and uh, in order to adapt the digital world to the real world as best as possible, 
modern AI algorithms are usually used. And these mm. have the task of projecting new and familiar elements. So things in our real world onto a mathematically defined surface, which always makes me think of the holodeck in Star Trek, because that's literally what it, it's like a grid room where it looks like they're projecting images um, okay. into like a 3D object. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. I was looking really quick at examples of augmented reality to wrap oh, my good. head around it. This says like, this makes more sense. So like apps where you can try on different pairs of sunglasses to see how they would look on you before you buy them. Oh, that's that makes sense. Reality or like how a couch would fit in your room. So, okay, that makes sense. Okay, so that and makes that makes so sense because it says that they use it in, um, like advertising and retail. Yeah. Yep. That makes Thanks. sense. Okay. Well, thank you for looking we got that to up. the bottom of it. <laughs> yes, answering questions on the spot. Yes. <laughs> um. Okay. So hardware, you typically includes a headset, a display. Um, motion controllers and sensors that track the user's movements and gestures in real time. And the software involves creating a digital environment using computer-generated graphics and audio and other sensory inputs to simulate a fully immersive experience. So I was actually just talking to my mom, had a friend, or I think it was their tax guy. <laughs> Best friend. He said he went, yeah, he said he went to the Sphere um in las vegas Mm -hmm. and so this mentions other sensory inputs so i guess he was watching like an animal it was um kind of like a planet earth type video but they would also have um on in the seats the seats would move or like sense would come out um to make it kind of sound like you're actually there and that reminded me back to disney of <laughs> soren <laughs> yes the best ride <laughs> yeah so for those of you that don't don't know soren is the best ride ever and <laughs> it yeah. you're on a pair it simulates you being on a paraglider right is yeah. it a paraglider yeah and um flying over the world it depends on where you are if it's disneyland it's over california um but it's VR because you're completely immersed in a half dome that makes you feel like you're actually outside. And it's kind of, you actually feel like you're flying, even though you're on this mechanical machine. And then if you're, for example, flying over Africa and like an elephant throws dust into there, that's one of the classic scenes. Then you get this scent of like desert. It's really cool. And that's the best smell. They changed it to not just over California now, it's over the world. And they okay. do have- the elephant throwing the dust and it's like the best smell it of is. all time it's so good I'm like on the right yes it smells so good um so that's definitely VR um and that yes. one's been around for a while I should have looked up how long that one's been around yeah that but... one has been around for quite some time it's so good yeah there is different types of VR so there's um, non-immersive virtual reality, which only allows a minimum uh, amount of reaction with the digital environment. So this is video games or a driving simulator in okay. the driving school. There's semi-immersive VR, and that's where digital components overlay real objects. So the result is similar, or sorry, the result is that these virtual elements can be used in a similar way to real objects. Hmm. So it makes semi-immersive VR ideal for educational purposes. Some examples of semi-immersive VR are for pilot training. So Mm -hmm. pilot sims or flying sims. 
immersive VR um, is a fully immersive VR reality, which I would think the experiments experience I did on the ISS would be um, fully immersive fully VR. Immersive. Yeah. Yeah. So users perceive only the virtual environment. So we had the goggles on. Right. You couldn't see. I couldn't see anyone else. I mean, I could see other people as an avatar, but right. we're all in, in this the world. virtual yeah, environment. That's, that's crazy. That, yeah. There's no fixed point of reference to the real world during use. So currently, I think that's what the work one was where people were falling down trying to step off the, <laughs> the bridge. That's so bad. I've seen people like, yeah, I've seen videos of people with the goggles on at home. I don't yeah. know what brand it is, but they'll be on a roller coaster <laughs> or something and they fall out or they're in a horror movie and it just jumps out at them and they oh, fall into the TV. <laughs> it's so bad. <sighs> um, yeah, so... Currently, fully immersive VR technology is found primarily in the gaming industry, special data such as glasses, gloves, treadmills, which I have seen when I work with a treadmill before, um, or sensory detectors are used here. Wow. Yeah. So those are some examples. That would be so scary to have to be on a treadmill as you're in a fully immersive VR. Like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be so The scary. trust you must have, you have no idea what reality is and you're just running on a treadmill that is wild I actually saw a video um dream job is being a Disney Imagineer I would die but they have this new technology that they're working on for they didn't say what ride it specifically is for but it's a VR experience and they essentially invented this type of flooring where you walk you're like walking in place and you can never leave this like five by five foot area, no, no matter way. what direction you go with your VR goggles on. But the number one question in the comments was like, how do you even get in it then? You know, like, how do you get into the center? And then how do you get off? Because you can never, no matter how far you, it's like quicksand, like no matter how fast or what direction you walk in, you can't leave that mat. Whoa, that is so crazy. Yeah, I'll post it. I, I saved it. I thought it was crazy. If we haven't let you know before, Sam and I are on the verge of being Disney adults. We're adults who- <laughs> Are we love, on the verge or are we fully committed at this we're point? We're adults who love Disney. Now, would I cry at seeing the castle? No. But I do <laughs> love a good Disney trip. So <laughs> We will be posting pictures of us at Disney. Yes, and I'm going back in April. <laughs> so I know, and you're not taking me, and I'm kind of upset about it, but it's well, fine. you can come, you know, <laughs> hop on. It'll be good. Yeah, and we always end up buying the same merch whenever we go. Have you noticed that? Yeah, we buy exactly the same merch. We always go like a um, couple weeks apart, usually, and we come back and we're like, hey, let's meet up for coffee. And we go wearing the same exact thing. <laughs> Out of all the stuff, we go by the same things. And then we always talk about being Imagineers. So just so you know what you're getting into and you listen to this podcast, we are. I mean, we're so many episodes in and we haven't mentioned Disney yet. I don't think. Yeah. Well, you did say you watched four Star Wars movies in a row last week. Six. (laughs) Yeah. Last week was at four. This week you're at, you have completed. So that's fair. That's fair. Okay, well, we'll try to keep it to a minimum, but no promises made. Yeah. Um, and Disney is probably the biggest example of VR users that I could think so of. So right true. Now. Yeah. And this is just a good excuse to talk about it. I love talking about Disney, so I- I'm all for it. Maybe I'll do a exactly. full Disney episode next. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's do it. 
Um, okay. So getting back into it. Some, so the main engineering components of VR is a headset right now. Mm -hmm. So you see a lot of people wearing headsets when they do VR. It's one of the most important items, um, for people who want to fully immerse themselves in the digital world. It replaces your natural field of view with a computer generated field of view to make that happen. The wearable integrates infrared LEDs. They call it the wearable instead of the headset. I don't know why. Um, integrates infrared LEDs, motion sensors, cameras, and screens, and they all together enable the VR experience. Okay. Um, they gather gather all the information and project it for your human eye to process in your brain. It to is quite the feat that Disney, with like Soren stuff, figured out a way to not have a headset a headset on anyone and give everyone an experience at the same time. It's wild. That is pretty impressive. It's crazy. Did you see the mock-up that they built of that? Um, <laughs> Every Disney documentary I see, he's like, shows I, it. Built, I built the seat mechanism with the Tinker Toys. He's like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll have to show that now. <laughs> Every single one, like, I've seen probably so many Disney documentaries. That guy makes an appearance in every single one. That's so true. Oh my God. With his little Tinker Toy model. It's <laughs> cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, so another important component of VR is screens and lenses. Both screens and lenses ensure that the VR experience is as real as possible. The basis for this is the distortion and overlapping of two, nearly two identical images. So out of each eye, you have a 2D image that your brain um, joins to make a 3D image. And mm -hmm. VR basically has to figure out how to replicate that okay. um, using screens and lenses. Right. Latency. So the field of view and latency provide important information in the real world. So both affect the perception of distance and spatial depth, both in the real and virtual environments. I say this has a little bit of room for improvement. <laughs> yeah. I struggled a little bit with this, um, with the depth perception and latency. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it, it says, or do you talk at all about like what it is that's like off sometimes when you feel nauseous when it, you know, um, I read something very short about how your brain, so it was very short. So let's see if I can, I didn't save it, but the human brain essentially has its own GPS system where you can spatially map things out, um, and retain that information. Right. And they, did an experiment some school did an experiment on mice and they figured out that um your brain does not from a vr perspective does not um even with the same information compute and know how to actually retain the mapping and the gps understanding of that your brain does um so i don't know what they're going to do to overcome that unless they start That's rewiring really our brain because i feel like some are better than others like for yeah. some, I'm not nauseous, and for some, I am, like, Soren, not nauseous at all. But in the Star Wars VR game, I yes. almost threw up. Like, So, I'm the same way. Terribly. I, <laughs> I struggle with Star Tours. Yeah, um, Star Tours, I almost barfed. Yes, I think it's because, for me, and this is how I figured it out, for me, so Star Tours, you're wearing the 3D glasses, which right. distorts so, the image slightly. So the, Wait, Star yeah. Tours you are? Yeah, Star Tours, you wear the 3D glasses. Oh, I guess I forgot about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you are. And so the image isn't fully clear. And if the mm. movement of the body is not exactly the same as what right. I'm seeing on the screen, which it probably never really is, it makes right. me feel ill. 
Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. And there's like not a lot of movement in the Soren one. It's just like very subtle. So maybe that's. And you're not wearing like, 3D glasses, you know? Right. Right. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. So something that's interesting, in general, humans can perceive an angle of 200 to 220 degrees. And this visible range is in turn subdivided into the monocular and the binocular visual field. Generating these areas accordingly is a central task for VR headsets. Mm. So that's interesting. Um, It's going to be fun to engineer, I feel like, to be a VR Oh my God, it'd be so cool. Be very fascinating. It'd be so cool. Um, Another aspect is frame rate. So the human eye captures around a thousand images per second, which is insane. Um, The interpretation rate of this information recorded by the optic nerve is significantly lower. So since central content can be lost if the frame rate is too fast, it's necessary to hit the so-called sweet spot. So in VR, this is usually about 90 frames per second. This means that the transmission is decidedly higher than a cinema film, but at the same time, slower than everyday life in the big city is what it's <laughs> in the big city. So much to see wow. in the big city. Oh my gosh, big city. <laughs> and the last one is position tracking. So as before, the transmitted images and sounds are among the most important elements of a successful VR experience. Um, on the other hand, only position tracking in space is even more crucial. So particularly popular here are the so-called six degrees of freedom or six DOF mm. is what we call it in the engineering field. <laughs> um, and so with such position tracking end to end users can move freely in space. Mm. Um, also common gestures such as nodding up and down forward and backward, but also movement in circular paths are possible which is crazy. So now we, that we've gone through the STEM aspects of VR, I am getting into my favorite part, which is talking about the history of VR. Very so cool. some people argue that the earliest attempts of virtual reality are with panoramic paintings. Mm. So if you think about it, um, you know, before the 1800s, when they did pan- panoramic paintings, the goal was to essentially... Um, have the person looking at it to be fully immersed in the scene that they're trying to convey. Interesting. That's kind of, that seems like a little bit of a stretch maybe, but. (laughs) I should just like paint my wall. I guess technically. Does it feel like VR? (laughs) Yes, technically that is, (laughs) that makes sense with the description. (laughs) That's a stretch. Um, (laughs) So I, the next one is my favorite. So in 1838, they, um, this guy named Charles Wheatstone demonstrated that the brain processes two dimensional images from each eye into a single object of three dimensions, which we talked about previously. Um, so what he did was he worked on, um, they later developed this Viewmaster stereoscope. (gasps) It was essentially used for virtual tourism. And I knew you would love this. Yes. So talk about why you love the stereoscope. Are you thinking the Samantha movie? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm a big American Girl fan and the dolls and they had movies and one of my favorite dolls, Samantha, and you had Samantha Mm -hmm. as a child, but in her movie, her uncle brings this back for her and you put in these cards and it you know, it makes like a 3D image out of two 2D images. So it basically, you know, you feel like you're there. 
back in the day. Anyway, I found one at a vintage shop like a couple months ago. And so I have one on my coffee room table right now. Yes. So <laughs> Or we'll coffee have to table. post a picture of that. Yes, I definitely will. It is awesome. I think mine maybe doesn't work. <laughs> like I think Oh, something's no. wrong with the lenses or something because we're like, I don't know if it's looking 3D, <laughs> but I wonder if you could find pretty someone old. to look at it for you. Yeah, we'll have to get it tweaked or something. Yeah. No, that's, I'm that's glad you brought why this I named up. This like, yeah. <laughs> uh, You would like that one. I knew it. that's great. Um, I have a fun story about one too. So my roommate in college, she is a software engineer and I don't remember where she got these like paper ones from. Okay. So stereoscopes have been around since like the 1800s, Mm -hmm. but she brought these from some event she went to. They were just like little paper ones. And we thought they were the coolest thing since sliced bread, like two air engineering That's awesome. girlies. Like I, I remember we played with them all night. I think I have videos of us messing around with them. Cause you could do like, you would put your phone in it and you would watch a video of like a <laughs> yeah. roller coaster Okay. and you would just sit there and just like feel like you were on a roller Yes. coaster. Okay. It was really Now cool. that you're mentioning that, I feel like I have seen the ones where you put your phone in and you can do Yeah. it with video. That is, that's cool. I think So. that that is like the cool one. We should just all go back to that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, we the should virtual just all reality. have stereoscopes. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Um, okay, so moving forward in time, in 1929, they had or they invented this thing called the Link Trainer, which was the first flight simulator. So Edward Okay. Link created this Link Trainer, and it was the first example of a commercial flight simulator, and it was entirely electromechanical. Wow. It was controlled by motors that linked the rudder and steering column to modify the pitch and roll. Um, and they were needed to train pilots and the U.S. military bought six of these devices for Wow. $3,500. So it's kind of cool. 1929. Nice. And what year was that in? Okay. And this title says in the 1930s, science fiction, a science fiction story predicted what view. would look like today. So in the 1930s, a story by science fiction writer Stanley G. Weinbaum contains the idea of a pair of goggles that let the wearer experience fictional world through holographics, smell, taste, and touch. So basically what VR has turned into today. That just tells you how, how smart some people are and like how that's like right in the middle of the Great Depression. Yeah. <laughs> people are like not having food and this guy's like, you know what I think VR is going to be? <laughs> you Yeah, know, I I just know we read, can't. I just read the four winds and it's like, literally they were like, I had like no money. They had to kill all their animals. They had to move to California, be in these migrant camps in like irrigation ditches. And that same year, someone's like dreaming up VR. <laughs> Oh my goodness. that is, that's different. <laughs> what are what do you think some people are <laughs> thinking of or inventing now or considering our future will look like? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's wild. That's like during, if, if it was like in 2008, when the housing market is just collapsing, someone's like, You know what I think? You know what I think AI is going to be? <laughs> there's Oh like my goodness. problems right now. <laughs> I Yeah. don't know. <laughs> so moving forward in time, this name I saw frequently in 1965, this guy named Ivan Sutherland 
came up with the idea of the ultimate display and it could con it could simulate reality to the point where one could not tell the difference from actual reality. And mm. so his concept for the ultimate display included a virtual world viewed through an HMD, which um, is a head mounted device uh -huh. and appeared realistic through augmented 3D sound and tactical feedback. Okay, that's pretty accurate. Yes. Um, going down. I'm still going. Oh, one interesting thing. So in 1977, MIT came up with this thing called the movie map. And this system let people wander through a virtual experience of Aspen, Colorado. Wow. That's cool. And so they consider this to be an ancient, I like how they said ancient, but it was in 1977. <laughs> Precursor. <laughs> Don't let my parents hear that I said 1977 is ancient. Um, precursor of Google Street View. So it was kind of like the what, first idea. Ancient, that's what they call it. That's what they refer to. <laughs> that's an literally what it says. I will Google show Street you. View. Oh my gosh. That's like oh American Girl God. has now a historical doll born in the like 90s. Oh no. <laughs> in the 80s and all the moms were like, no. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So in 1987, virtual reality, the name was born. Okay. So even... So they actually came up with a name of this study of VR. Okay. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Um, and then we're biased because we're aerospace engineers, but I picked this one out to talk about. In 1989, NASA gets into VR. Mm. So they created a project called VIEW, and it's a VR sim used to train astronauts. So it looks recognizable as a modern example of VR because it had gloves for fine simulation of touch interaction. Mm. And Interestingly, the technology in these gloves leads directly to the creation of what's called the Nintendo Power Glove. I okay. don't know what that is, but it sounded like a big deal. It's Yeah, it sounds important. They and didn't teach you about that in Japan when Nintendo came to talk to you. The Power Glove, you know. <laughs> the Power Glove. Um, in 1991... Um, but they had the Medina's VR Mars Rover. So these mm. days we're pretty used to seeing live footage from the Mars Rover back in 1991. This was still a future dream and there are many problems left to solve. A mm. NASA engineer named Antonio Medina developed a VR system that lets you pilot Mars Rover, even taking the time delay into account. So the time from here to Mars. Wow. Impressive. In 1999, The Matrix came out. Have you seen that movie? No. I haven't either. Okay. Good. Oh my God. Who are we? Wow. Um, we're so countercultural. <laughs> but it's kind of like this first movie that really talks about living in a fully simulated world. We should watch that. Yeah, we should. We'll report back. It feels like a lot to watch, though. It feels like you really got to think. Yeah. But um, two thousand in two thousand seven, you know, it's not so ancient anymore. Google brings out the U.S. Street View. <laughs> <laughs> a mere thirty this, years later, <laughs> ancient times. <laughs> this is my favorite headline from this article from twenty sixteen to twenty seventeen. It literally says, "All hell breaks loose." <laughs> this is the year everyone unleashes VR products that are ready for prime time. Wow. <laughs> so it's yeah a dramatic article it's really well it's from like it's called like the vr society history. okay <laughs> yeah so it makes sense they care yeah. a lot about it that makes sense okay so 
I'm going to end it with five ways that VR is applied in engineering today. So the first one is for VR safety training. So some engineering fields like Abby kind of talked about earlier, imply working with dangerous components like electricity, chemicals, um, and heavy manufacturing. So VR in engineering training is beneficial because it allows people to learn on the job without taking on really any risk, except maybe getting motion sickness. <laughs> Throwing the up second, in the simulator. <laughs> yeah. The second is prototyping and testing. So VR is an excellent medium for prototyping, enabling engineers to visualize future products, analyze layouts, and diagnose errors. So it's a cheaper way of testing things before you actually need to build it because once you build it and you test it that costs a lot of money that you spent on materials and test time and things like that that's such a great idea like that's yeah. so satisfying that you can do that in vr now and just save i'm sure companies are saving so much money doing that yeah i'm sure like establishing the vr is a huge investment but yeah. if you continue to use it over time the return on investment or ROI is probably <laughs> really great. Yeah, I, I bet. Um, the third one is e-learning. So educational establishments and engineering companies can use VR for remote learning and provide students with an immersive experience. Um, so there, I actually read briefly, there is a school in Florida that I don't know if it's actually active yet, but they are taking like enrollments from parents that is completely VR. So you wow. like enroll your kid in school, they sit at home with their goggles and they're attending the school. Oh, I think yeah. I'm not for that. <laughs> kind of wild. Yeah. Oh, so I'll find crazy. that article. Yeah, we should yeah. you should post that because I want to read more about it. That's interesting. Yeah. Um the fourth one is coworker collaboration. So regardless of the location, employees can create a meeting room for discussing current issues and work related matters. So this always reminds me of Star Wars now where they all meet up yeah. in holographic form and just talk about yeah, things. like in the Senate all around. Yeah, exactly. That would be really great for remote work and just like exactly. having people live anywhere. I'm for that one. But would I have to put pants on? <laughs> no. Aren't you just an avatar? If like maybe one day though, it won't just be an avatar. Maybe it will okay, be your I'm body. If it's your body, because I ain't dressing up and happy. <laughs> using my whole but I wonder if you could select your outfit virtually. Like you don't have oh. to be wearing the outfit. You could just be like, this is what I want to wear today. Great idea. I could be even more fashionable than, you know, than I am. I could be like, oh, That's I'm true. just so, I always wear dresses. <laughs> But really, you haven't showered for four days. And your yeah. Hands like a messy I just have like baby spit up on me. <laughs> okay. I bet in the future, this is me predicting, you'll have to pay for like your holographic or virtual reality clothing. So oh, like, yeah, you can't just get like a Versace pair of boots, like right, Taylor Swift's boots. You would have to pay Versace premium if you want your holographic <laughs> person oh to wear those now boots. we have to now we have to pay for two economy or like two worlds <laughs> yeah people do is that it, though in games one enough very people true people pay like, for stuff in games my husband just bought a skin in a game and he's like i'm a duck <laughs> i walked in <laughs> there was like a big duck suit in the game that they were playing they're like should i buy the duck oh my god <laughs> but oh also i had a question now when you were talking about like picking out your clothes and stuff, the metaverse. Remember when that was like a discussion? 
See, I don't know a lot about the metaverse. I know the word, but... Okay, like, apparently it was supposed to be through, you know, Facebook or, like, Meta. Yeah. You're supposed to go in and have, like, exactly what you were saying, where you, you would, like, have to buy clothes for your avatar and buy things. And it's, like, kind of a game, but it's supposed to be reality. And that was a big theorized thing. And then it just kind of went nowhere, from what I can tell. Do you think the technology hasn't quite caught up to that yet? But maybe it's just waiting yeah, for its time to shine. I also just think people are like, I want to live in the world, <laughs> in the real world. Yeah, it we have reminds enough money me... things that we have to buy here <laughs> without having to buy for things in the metaverse. It's true. It reminds know. me of this episode of The Office where Dwight lives in this. He plays this game in a reality or in a like a virtual reality world, but he then has his avatar in the virtual reality world play the game in the virtual reality <laughs> world because he wants to disassociate from reality that much i do remember that so yeah that kind um, of reminds me of that good <laughs> um so the I'm, last we'll thing see where that is where that goes I, feel like- I haven't heard anything about it for a long time so i think it's just fallen off the map but we'll have to look at that yeah yeah. Um, the last thing that's not as exciting is presentations. <laughs> you can oh, use gosh. VR for presentations, but I felt like it would be like holding in a sneeze if I didn't finish the list I started, you know? Right, right. Um, you got to finish it. Yeah. So, but it's kind of cool. So the example they used was for civil engineers, you can conduct virtual tours to show the results of their work with built-in interactions. Oh, okay. I take back my eye roll. That would be cool. I thought it was like, step into this virtual reality world. Here's my slide deck. We can come up with virtual reality as a society, but we can't think of any other way to convey information other than a PowerPoint. PowerPoint. (laughs) Next slide, please. (laughs) Well, that would be cool. Well, that's it. I understand that now. That's it. That's VR. Yay. That was really good. I learned a lot. It's fascinating. Yay. Well, you are going to have to go on a day night to that ISS experience. Yeah. How long is it here for? Through May. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So you I got should, time. We should totally go. I thought it was kind of yeah. like a one weekend only thing and that threw me off from my research. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Through May. Cool. Well, we'll have to go. Well, thanks. That was a great topic. Thank you. Yeah. Well, so for all the listeners... Thank you all for being here. Make sure to rate and review the podcast. Leave a review. I might have already said that. Um, we'll also leave a poll question. And what should it be? Um, have you done a VR experience? We'll do that. So respond to that in the in the poll below. And we'll see you next week for another topic. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.